Good morning, people. Welcome to the Young Men Orchest episode number six. We've got a lot of stuff to get to today, some crazy stuff happening on Twitter. But first, we have some show announcements. Now, these are just more reminders for you as the people that listen to the podcast for getting the podcast on Stitcher and subscribing, all kinds of cool stuff like that. So, first of all, the podcast is now out on Stitcher. And if you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is essentially a podcast directory, a little bit like iTunes. So you can get the Stitcher app on your phone and listen to the podcast for free, or you can listen to the podcast in your browser right from Stitcher. So if you don't have your phone handy, it's really great for that. It's out on Stitcher. Make sure you go check it out. If you listen, now second, if you listen to the podcast, subscribe to it. It's very, very simple. You just click that button and it'll automatically download your episodes for you. So it's a lot easier for you uh, and it, it helps the views on the podcast. And then finally, just a reminder, the podcast comes out on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. All right. Now with that out of the way, really short announcements for you we have the podcast news. Now, as you can probably tell from the title of the podcast episode, we're going to be going over some crazy stuff people have been doing on Twitter this week. So this week, Twitter has just been exploding with idiocy. I mean, literally exploding with idiocy. So we're going to start out with one of Donald Trump's tweets that he made Wednesday morning. Now, Donald Trump, who is the president of the United States, obviously, said, quote, the United States made some of the world's worst trade deals in world history. Why should we continue these deals with countries that do not help us? Because they are free trade. It's a free trade deal. A free trade deal works for both sides. You're liberating trade from both of those countries. Now, we can work to fix those trade deals in a way that liberates trade more. So, for example, maybe Donald Trump is attacking these trade deals based upon the idea that they're not liberating trade enough, but I highly doubt that. President Trump ran in his campaign based solely basically on the idea that free trade is bad and that it hurts these rural communities. And yes, free trade does cause some job displacement, but so does protect protected trade. So now we just need to evaluate which one, free trade or protected trade, which one provides more job growth and more economy growth. And the fact is, is that almost every legitimate economist agrees that free trade is the better option for the economy. Why? because it opens up consumer markets, it allows them to buy what they want to buy. And then the second is that it's really kind of unjust for the government to get to choose who the citizens buy stuff from. It doesn't make any sense for the government to say, look, 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 okay, you can buy anything in the United States, but you can't buy stuff from overseas, or if you do buy stuff from overseas, we're going to take some of your money because of it. Why in the world would our government do that? The fact of the matter is that it ought to be up to the consumer's choice who they want to buy from and how they want to buy what they're buying. The fact that's, that's simply the fact of the matter. And so when the government steps in, tries to regulate trade, it actually destroys the economy and makes economic growth a lot harder to obtain because consumers don't have those consumer markets anymore. It shuts down those markets so consumers can't buy what they were looking to buy and expand their markets. And it also affects downstream industries. So you, if you think about it for a second, it just makes sense. A lot of industries require what are called inputs in order to make their products. So an input is like steel. It's something that you buy and then you use to make a different product, like a car. 
So if the inputs are cheap, then the overall end product is going to be cheap. And a lot of those inputs come in from overseas. If the government starts regulating those, then the fact is, is that's going to hurt downstream industries very, very badly. Okay, so Donald Trump, listen, listen, okay, Donald Trump needs to start understanding the economics behind free trade. Donald Trump is not a free trader, but the fact is, is that the economics just work so that free trade is the best option. So we need to encourage our president to adopt this kind of mindset when it comes to trade with other countries. All right. So, wow. On Wednesday, now this is the, the next crazy Twitter thing that's been happening. On Wednesday, the GOP Twitter account, so basically the official Twitter account of the GOP or the Grand Old Party, tweeted to Hillary Clinton and other Democrats, and they basically were asking, what would you do to make Obamacare better? Come on, Hillary and Democrats, you attacked President Trump, but what would you do to make Obamacare better? Now, many people, understandably so, including Hillary Clinton, are shouting back because they basically say, no, that's Trump's job. They only need to point out, we only need to point out inconsistencies in the policy. We don't need to provide an alternate policy. Okay, this is so stupid. It's, it's stupid on both sides, all right? So, this is a double-sided issue for me. It's good, and overall, the GOP's claim is valid because in order to prove something bad, in order to prove that a policy is a bad policy, you have to evaluate it based in light of an alternative policy, okay? So, if Obamacare was the only policy that we could enact and it's basically imploding the market, well, then, since Obamacare is the only thing that we can do, then it's not necessarily a bad policy. It's just the only policy we can do. And some bad effects of that is that it increases premiums, it makes insurance companies go out of the market, etc. So in order to show that Obamacare is a bad policy, you have to provide an alternative policy to show and compare the two together. What I often do is I compare Obamacare to a free market system or a very much free market system. When you compare the idea of the government redistributing wealth overall the entire economy versus a free market system, you see that Obamacare is actually much less pra pragmatic, I guess. It doesn't work out as well in the real world as some people say, and it's more unjust than a free market system. So when I attack Obamacare, I always compare it to having a more of a free market system because it allows consumers to choose which kind of policies they want under Obamacare, etc., etc., etc. But the problem with Hillary Clinton and the other Democrats is what they're doing is they're just saying, oh, well, President Trump's bill is absolutely terrible. The Obamacare light slash Obamacare premium slash Obamacare plus plus is just a totally terrible bill, etc., etc., etc. But here's, again, here's the issue. They haven't provided an alternative to that policy. Many Democrats have admitted that Obamacare is not going to end up working. So you are needing to provide an alternative to Obamacare in order to criticize President Trump's alternative. My alternative to President Trump's alternative is a more free market-based system, a very much free market-based system where the government really only protects the contracts between the citizens, and it's completely up to the citizens what kind of insurance they want to buy. That'll grow the overall economy, it'll put more money in the pockets of consumers, and allow them to buy better health insurance. A lot of arguments that people use against it is that, oh, well, 
consumers are gonna not have enough money. You understand that the reason why consumers don't have enough money to buy their health insurance right now is because of all of the subsidies going to health insurance. The subsidies literally take money from the individual citizens, they put it into a big pool and then they redistribute it out in the, in the form of subsidies. If we just let everybody keep their original money, then what would end up happening is individuals would be able to expand the economy, more people would have more money, and thus they'd be able to buy better health insurance and, and better health insurance, okay? So, there we go. Now, now the problem with the GOP Twitter account saying this is because the reason, okay, so the, what the GOP is doing through their Twitter account, tweeting to Hillary Clinton and other Democrats, is that they're basically using it as a justification for the policy that they are pushing, aka Obamacare, Light, Premium, Plus Plus, etc. They're basically saying that since the Democrats can't provide an alternative policy, then, well, this is the best one that we've got. No, it's not the best one that you've got. The best one that you've got is repealing Obamacare, flat-out repeal of Obamacare like you promised to do. So both sides are at fault on this issue. Uh, Hillary and the Democrats are really having unjustified critiques of the policy, and then the GOP is basically saying since those critiques are unjustified, our policy is the best policy in the world, which it's not. It's simply not the best policy in the world. It's a very bad policy. We should have a free market system. All right. Good. So we've gotten that crazy Twitter thing out of the way. Now we get to go into another crazy Twitter thing. Another crazy tweet by Nikki Haley. Now this actually this tweet is not necessarily bad by Nikki Haley. It's actually everybody else that's reacting to Nikki Haley's tweets. So she tweeted basically on Tuesday on Independence Day how she had to spend the day in meetings due to North Korea. And she basically used the hashtag thanks North Korea. <laughs> so when I saw this, I was actually kind of it was actually really funny to me uh, after seeing that, and I was—I actually started laughing. But then I looked through the comments, and there are so many people saying to Nikki Haley, even some conservative people, "Well, what about all the troops overseas? They have to still work. They have to. All of the soldiers still have to work on Independence Day. Why don't you show some respect, Nikki Haley?" And then this one guy's like, "If you don't like your job, why don't you just step down, stupid?" Oh, okay. So, this is this is silly. All Mrs. Haley was doing was making a lighthearted attempt to get through a hard day, okay? Her treat was true. North Korea is making it tough for people in the White House to enjoy a day off. That is objectively true. North Korea decided to launch an intercontinental ballistic missile right on Tuesday, okay? And I'm assuming Mrs. Haley wanted to spend some time with her family and celebrate America celebrate America. What Mrs. Haley is, or what Nikki Haley is, is mad about is that she wasn't able to celebrate her country. She wasn't able to get together with her family, spend time with the people that she loved, and think about how awesome her country was that she's currently defending. That's why she tweeted what she tweeted. It's not because she says, oh, well, I don't really care about all the soldiers, soldiers overseas. They, they just because, you know, they don't get a day off, but that's okay. They, they don't really help our country at all. No, that's, of course that's not what she's saying. She literally is, she, Nikki Haley is literally the UN ambassador for the United States of America. I mean, obviously she's going to be working for the United States, working as hard as she possibly can for the United States, just like those soldiers are. 
Okay, so we all need to just cool down from this Nikki Haley tweet. It wasn't a big deal. She was just trying to get through a hard day. She was throwing in some humor, and she was attacking North Korea, which North Korea, speaking of North Korea, let's go on to the, actually go on to the next story. So speaking of North Korea, the U.S. has launched an emergency meeting on Wednesday with South Korea and Japan to discuss the intercontinental ballistic missile that North Korea launched on Tuesday. This was the meeting that Nikki Haley was talking about. The U.S. would like to resolve the issue diplomatically, but as Mrs. Haley stated, uh, quote, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, told a meeting, oh no, this is just from Reuters, but uh, Reuters said, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, told a meeting of the U.N. Security Council that North Korea's actions were quickly closing off the possibility of a diplomatic solution and the United States was prepared to defend itself and its allies. Alright, so for me on this issue, on the issue of North Korea, I don't see a way to resolve it diplomatically. Now you might be asking, well, well why is that? Well, the fact is, is that the United States has been trying to resolve this issue diplomatically for literally like over 60 years. And Kim Jong-un is a dictator, okay? So he just steals from his people. He doesn't care about representation among the people. He doesn't care that his people are happy, that his people are free. All he cares about is this idea of power. So even without many supplies, even if the United States and other countries decided to enact sanctions against North Korea, the fact is, is that's not going to stop them. North Korea is simply going to continue to steal from its own people, limiting the food supply of its citizens to keep building building its nuclear program. There's no other way for it to continue, and North Korea's dictator, like I said, does not care about his own people. All he cares about is this idea of power, of destroying the United States. That's the idea that we get from him whenever we, we see him talking about this and him launching intercontinental ballistic missiles across the ocean. The fact is, is that the North Korean dictator will not back down due to diplomatic relations. Now, you might be asking, okay, then, Mr. Young Monarchist, how in the world are we going to go over there and use force to take down to take down uh, North Korea? And unfortunately, I don't have a very good answer to that. But the fact is, is that that's what's going to end up having to happen. Uh, we are going to need to have some good people in the White House who know how to conduct an attack, who know how to uh, who know how to, how to defend the United States and to conduct a strategy of an attack on North Korea that's going to take out the dictator eventually if he tries to attack us and and get North Korea into a, a shape that allows its citizens to be free, okay? That's what needs to end up happening. If that doesn't happen, then Kim Jong-un is just going to continue to do this crazy stuff, flinging missiles across the ocean until one of them eventually strikes uh, California or Alaska. <laughs> so we need to do something about that militarily. All right, last story of today. So this was basically a really, really big story that surfaced over the past two days. CNN, okay, so if you remember back, I believe it was on Saturday, President Trump tweeted a video of a WWE wrestling match where basically the CNN logo was put on Vince McMahon's face. I think I talked about this in the last episode. And President Trump comes in and literally clotheslines him and starts beating the crap out of him. Now, CNN dug into Reddit, which is a online site, basically, of really weird, crazy stuff, um, to discover who made the WWE Trump slash CNN wrestling meme. 
they found and blackmailed a user. All right, I'm not going to say his name because his name is a little bit inappropriate, but they blackmailed this user that they, they claimed made the meme, okay, for the uh, Donald Trump memes, okay? On Tuesday, they wrote, quote, CNN is not publishing this guy's name because he is a private citizen who has issued an extensive statement of apology, showed his remorse by saying that he has taken down all of his offending posts, and because he said he is not going to repeat this ugly behavior on social media again. Okay, now if that was it, that would still be very, very bad. But then a BuzzFeed article came out on Wednesday showing that the CNN may have targeted the wrong person. The video that Trump shared was different from the one that that guy made that they basically tracked down. It was completely different. It was a different video. Oh, okay. This is purely idiotic. So first of all, CNN digs and digs and digs to find this person and the true name of this person making this material. The whole reason why this person was using Reddit was so that he could hide his name and exercise free speech. Now, this person was not necessarily the best person in the world. He was making a lot of anti-Semitic memes and different things like that, which I don't necessarily, I don't definitely don't endorse. But those are under free speech, and he was using Reddit so that people wouldn't know his real name. But then, CNN threatens to uncover him if he ever does this again. Remember, read the last part of the quote. The last part of the quote says, uh, and because he, we, uh, basically, they said that if he repeats this ugly behavior, they're going to release his name to the public. So, literally, CNN is blackmailing this person. All right, CNN went, figured out his true name, forced him to take all of those memes down, forced him to apologize, and then blackmails him by saying if he does this again, then they're going to release his name. Then they realize that they may have targeted the wrong guy after all. This is just absolutely crazy. CNN is destroying its own credibility here. They are destroying their own credibility. You can't have a news organization that's so intent on taking down Donald Trump, taking down people that support Donald Trump, that that you you don't actually research into anything very well, okay? So they should have 100% made sure this was the right person before they even started trying to dig. But they didn't. They jumped the gun. They said, this is the person. They started blackmailing him, and then they realized that it was the wrong person because the videos were different. So somebody else must have uploaded a very similar video, but in a different format, in a different way, and President Trump got that video. So this is just absolutely, totally crazy. Um, CNN really needs to step up its game here, like seriously. And President Trump ought to call CNN out on this. They seriously, he seriously ought to call them out because this is a very, very bad thing, not not something that CNN should be doing. Okay, awesomely cool. That was all of the Twitter stuff, crazy Twitter stuff that's been going on this week. Now we get to go over the philosophy section of the podcast. And today I'm going to be answering the question, why you should be a philosopher. So why why should you be a philosopher? Why should you attempt to comprehend the things that philosophers try and comprehend? Well, let's think about this logically for a second. What sets us apart from animals? our human rationality. We as humans have the ability to think and comprehend ideas and values that animals literally cannot even dream of doing so. That's what sets us apart from from different animals that, that exist in, in our societies and, and different places like that. Okay, so what, what, um, okay, 
Okay, yes, continuing, continuing here. When one disregards the worth of philosophy and instead decides to operate solely based upon a materialistic level, he is rejecting uh, to use that which gives his life worth and meaning in the first place over the animals. Okay, so does this make sense? This, this, this totally makes sense. We as humans, what sets us apart, what makes us not the animals, is our ability to think logically, to reason, to make governments, to understand what a good government is, to debate with one another. Animals can't do that. So this is why you should be a philosopher. This is why you should attempt to understand the nature of wisdom, because that's what sets humans apart from animals. That's what makes us human. We need to take full advantage of this humanity, this, 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 this idea that we are sentient. And if we don't, then it's like you're rejecting a portion of your humanity. If you're rejecting to be a philosopher because you think it's stupid or you think that, well, you're just trying to comprehend ideas that you'll never have answers to, well, the fact is we can have answers to them because we are humans and we have the ability to use this tool called logic, this God-given tool called logic that we can, we can employ to understand things about our world. Alrighty, well, thank you guys all so much for tuning in to this sixth episode of The Young Minarchist. Again, make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Young Minarchist, where you will see a bunch of different updates, lots of different cool quotes and shares and all kinds of politically philosophy stuff that I put on there. Alright, and make sure... Oh my goodness gracious, excuse me. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and I will see you guys on Saturday. You have a good day.